Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the False Nine Podcast. As always, I'm here. My name is Lewis, and I'm joined with my two lovely co-hosts, Santiago and Edwin. How are you guys today? You know the vibe. Cuñado. Como está, cuñado? Dímelo, cuñado. Let's go. Que onda? Que onda? All right. As of recording, January 31st, we are a couple hours after the transfer deadline window has closed. Um, lots of last-minute deals getting in today. Fabricio, thank you for your hard work and all the other um, span- transfer journalist specialists for getting us all these deals. A lot of drama today. We'll get into that. We'll talk about some CONCACAF and Coleman Bowl qualify- qualifiers. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) And we'll get into some life stories later on in the episode. Let's get right to it. So deadline day. Here we go. And I think the first thing we're going to touch upon is some business handled between some clubs getting rid of some players. And we have Donnie Van de Beek on a loan to Everton for the rest of the season. And Deli Alley also going to Everton in a very, 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 very odd transfer deal. Um, Santiago, does this move the needle for Everton in any way? Or who, who's their manager again? Super Frankie Lampard. El Super Frank. El Frank. I'm actually excited to see that we get that uh, Gerard's going to be proven the better manager than him. That's going to be fun to see. Uh, but okay, let's, so. let's, let's go. Let's go to Everton. Let's go to Everton. Uh, Everton is very known for spending trillions of dollars and finishing mid table. And what, what, what makes us think that this is going to be different? The loan for Van de Beek, I think, was good, though. Good business for both sides. Van de Beek wants to play. United is not playing them. Everton need better quality players. The Delhi Ali move is a good move in terms of they have better options in the midfield. I don't understand how you pay $40 million for this version of Delhi Ali. That makes no sense. Well, well, well. The, the deal is a little convoluted. It's like, hold up, keep talking while I find it. Regardless, Conte, I mean, Conte did a, a, a very clean sweep of Tottenham. And Dele Ali was one of the first players. I remember we talked about it when Conte came in. I was like, I don't see Dele Ali working out. And look at it. I'm proven to be right. Love to see it. But yeah, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know how good this signing will be. It just reminds you of those typical $60 million for... Gilfie Sigurdsson, like just a lot of money spent because they need better players, but then they just overpay and end up just getting 10th and not even close to Europe ever. So I just don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think, I think to be fair to Everton, I don't think that they have had, despite all the spending, I don't think that they have had a quality manager since Roberto, oh, don't say, don't. Since, since Roberto Martinez. So you think Roberto Martinez is a good manager? He didn't he have them finish in the best. Uh, that was David season? Moyes. That was David Moyes. No, well, since David Moyes. Oh, Martinez finish his, finished him six, maybe fifth, fifth or sixth. I think that was like their. Or he had if it wasn't bro, the for the best, money they spend, bro, they should be top if, four. If it wasn't the best finish, I think he had like the best start to a season that Everton ever had or something. I think that was the uh, 13, 14 season. If I'm bro, it's how you finish, not how you start. Well, yeah, okay, you're so, right. Bro. So the Deli Alley deal is a free transfer 
12 million dollars after 20 12 million euros after 20 games and bonuses for the next couple of years and if he gets all the bonuses it could be 35 to 40 million in as a transfer fee so we'll just say 25 I, I still don't understand it but I, I I get the risk of if he doesn't play because he's injured or he sucks then it's really no 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 money wasted like a lot of weight like you know what I mean yeah. Back back to what I was saying though about Everton's case. I yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't I don't think they've had a quality manager since Roberto Martinez. And I think Frank Lampard. So Ancelotti doesn't count. I, he didn't he listen, he didn't work out. That's a different yeah, he did, he that's didn't, a different story. Well, no, because I think his first season under Ancelotti, I think they did great. I think they did well. Not great. Well, I think they did well. And then the second season was kind of mediocre, underachieved, and then he just kind of like he just kind of like left out of nowhere to go back to Real Madrid. And it was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do shit with this team. So let me just let me go back to the motherland of Madrid. Um but I think Frank Lampard, I think he's a, a manager that'll take this this role very seriously and he sees a lot of potential. And I'm I'm I am a fan of what Lampard did his first season with Chelsea. So I think he'll do a great job. Um in terms of Deli Alley I don't know. I don't think that this was a great move. And obviously I could be proven terribly wrong with time to come, but I, I don't know. I think he should have gone abroad to, to um, better his career and find that, that form that he had when he first broke onto the scene. Cause I think, I think that the situation with Deli Ali is that the game around him has evolved immensely and he never caught up to speed and got, and like stood behind. Uh, he didn't evolve his game while the game was evolving itself. And I think that that's part of the reason why he has fallen out of form. Go ahead, son. Eight seasons ago, fifth, fifth place. They haven't, they have been, they've been seventh first year with Kuman. They haven't been close ever since. All right. So since Roberto Martinez, Martinez was, was fifth. Yeah. Uh, that same team that Moyes got him to six. So, and then the second and third year, Martinez, 11th and 11th. So, and Lewis can back me up because he's one of the biggest Belgium supporters. He is not a quality manager. No, not at all. He's not, not for Belgium. He cannot unlock that team. That's a golden generation of players that he's just wasting there. Okay, maybe he couldn't, he couldn't, he can't do it at at Belgium, but his first season with Everton, they did amazing. They did. And I don't think, I don't think a manager has been since. Roberto Martinez, I don't think a manager has been able to kind of find that groove or find a groove, if that, to kind of get Everton back to, to a good stint. Tottenham, a lot of couple of the departures. Tengi and Dombele, he's going on loan to Lyon. Uh, Brian Hill, he's going to on loan to Villarreal. Valencia. Or Valencia. Valencia. Uh, Deliali to Everton. And Giovanni Loselso, he's going to Villarreal. Uh, so we really see Antonio Conte shaping the squad. Um, he brings in uh, Dejan Kulishevsky on loan from Juventus, and they buy Rodrigo Benincourt for $20 million. Uh, also coming in from Juventus. Conte, you know, obviously has the ties with Juventus. He's starting to form a squad there. So, you know, it's interesting to see how these players come in. Obviously, he had to get rid of some dead weight. Uh, these are also some players that Jose Mourinho kind of – you know, Deli Alley and, and Dombele, those are some players Mourinho called out while, during his time at Spurs. He's so. always right, man. 
called him out during his time as Spurs. Uh, next, very nice heartwarming story. We have Christian Erickson returning to the game um, after his, um, was it a heart attack during the Euros? Yeah. Cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest during uh, that uh, Euro game between Denmark. Um, for Denmark, he comes back. He was training with the Ajax uh, reserve team. He will be going to Brentford for the rest of the season. I think that's a good pickup for Brentford. You got a uh, you know an experienced midfielder, uh, Serie A winner, uh, and just to try to keep the team above, keep them in that mid table position. I think it's a good addition. Um, good to see Christian Eriksen back. What do you guys think? Yeah, and no, I think it's a perfect, it's such a great comeback story. Um, and I'm really rooting for him because, he, man, he's top quality, world class player. Um, he kind of saw that his ceiling wasn't gonna, he's gonna, he wasn't gonna reach his ceiling staying at Spurs. So he kind of pushed for that move to Inter, and I thought he did pretty well in Serie A, his first season. And then I don't know that that heart attack happened, and it's kind, it kind of sucked because we didn't really get to see his full, like, him, like, on beast mode. You know what I'm saying? Well, class, nuts. So much blasphemy. <laughs> what do you what? mean? World yeah. class. Bro, he hasn't yeah, been world bro. class since maybe the season when they went Don't to the Champions League final. No, it was the oh. Champions League final. I was about to and say. that was the only, for me, He that was the only good season he's ever had at Spurs. He is so shit at set pieces. It's actually ridiculous. It's the funniest thing ever. He tries to take every single corner and every single free kick. He is what? so bad at crossing so, the ball. What do you mean? He scored. He, he is terrible. He is. Wasn't so he bad. also one of Spurs like top assist players? Listen, he doesn't. For, I, all I know is what happened at Inter. He wasn't. He really wasn't wanted there. He forced himself, worked on this defensive game, and that's how he broke through Conte's team. But at the same time, okay. So he put. So what I'm hearing is he put in the work to get into Conte's team, which he eventually did. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he was. He's not. He's not. He's not world class. I think I think he's world class. I don't think. I or think he's was really at least was. He can't. He, he, I don't. If people call him a ten. He he can't create chances. Oof, in my I, opinion, I don't. I disagree. It's a great listen. It's a great story. He came back after all the the the, the scare at the. At the Euros, we thought he literally died on the pitch. Like, it was very scary. Um, but, like, let's take a step back. Like, can't create chances. He can't create chances, man. Uh, in his listen, prime time. Listen, listen I'm, just, I'm just. He's a 15-assist guy. Bro, I'm just reminding of the Christian assists, bro. Christian Erickson at Inter was shit. All right, and that's the player he is now. So that's all I'm saying. He might have had one, two good seasons, uh, according to Lewis. Two good seasons in the Premier League is three. not a big deal. I'm counting three so far. So, um, counting three good seasons I, in the Prem. Oh, four good seasons in the Prem. But yeah, he's not world class, right? Yeah, no, no he's not world class. But he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. I don't know what he can do now, but I think him at Brentford is a good addition for them, especially, you know, for whatever. Right. It's, it's a nice story, man. We probably won't even play that much. Let's talk about some big clubs now. Liverpool. Know, who they get? Who they get? Who they Arsenal get? <laughs> uh, Arsenal. You want to talk about Arsenal or Liverpool? Let's go. Let's finish with Liverpool. Let's go Arsenal. Arsenal. Who they get? Who they get? Who they get? All right. Who Liverpool. They're able to bring in uh, Luis Diaz from Porto. Um, he was linked with Spurs for a while, but then that deal fell through. 
Um, I guess they kind of have their Sadio Mane replacement. A lot of fans have been calling for it. Salah. Uh, hmm? What? Salah. Salah replacement? They're not paying. They're not giving him his contract that he wants. I don't know. They're out here spending money. They can't rely on Mane. But I'm telling you, it's a Salah replacement, not a Mane replacement. Anyway, our guy here, Luis Diaz, 14 goals, five assists in 18 games so far. Definitely a baller. Two Champions League goals. Um, over there for Porto, Colombian twenty five, and how much did they just buy him for? Fifty something, sixty, 50, sixty million pounds, euros, Euro. whatever. Um, definitely a nice, definitely a great talent. Probably the best attacking talent on the market. You know, young player for this winter window, not like overall. Um, so definitely a good. Buy for uh, Liverpool. Obviously, they couldn't uh, get Carvalho. That deal fell through in the last moment, so that's unfortunate for them. But, you know, here's some squad depth for Liverpool is what we've been talking about. But it's an, I think the one thing they needed to do was get a midfielder. They offloaded They offloaded some players as well on loan, which kind of... Santiago? Um, he's going to bench Mane, but he's, he's actually Salah's replacement because he's not going to... They don't, they don't want to give him the contradiction that he wants. Regardless, Luis Diaz is going to be starting for Liverpool against this, this, the game against City. Luis Diaz is starting that game. Starting? Starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is world class. World, world class. It is time for people to see him in the big stage. I expect him to play a big role in Liverpool's push for the title. Now, will they get that or not? That's a different story. Like I said, uh, a while back, it's cities to lose. And I don't think Liverpool are going to catch them, but you never know. It's football. Finally, our favorite team, the team of great debate on the show, Arsenal Football Club and Barcelona. Pierre Emmerich, our Aubameyang, gets the free transfer to Barcelona. Uh, they weren't able to get a deal with Arsenal, so Arsenal kind of just let them go for free. They terminated um, his contract. Terminated his contract, let him go for free, didn't take the fee. Aubameyang re- weirdly flew to Barcelona before the deal was even in place. And Joel Laporta was able to get it done. Let's see if they can register him now or whatever is going to happen. But um, Arsenal, they get a huge wage off their bill. But they, they didn't bring a striker in. I thought they were going to try to make a push for Alex Isaac or something. But did not come to fruition. Did you guys see that the people were like losing their minds? Yeah, Arsenal fans going to detective mode. There was a car with a license plate with Isak, and I I would love if someone just come up and admit, yeah, I did that just to troll Arsenal. They they dead ass looked at the reg at the license plate and saw that it was registered to a house in London or whatever. Like why January January twenty? He's like, you won't just come to a new country, get a new (laughs) get a new residence, get a car, and get that license plate. That was hilarious. Oh, Arsenal fans are known for being detectives. They were tracking planes. Uh, sometimes it's they're they're a crazy club. But uh, Arsenal not able to get anyone in. And now they're they're down a striker. Their strikers are Lacazette, who sucks, and Nikita, who have I believe four open play goals combined together. So it's not looking good over there at at the Emirates. Yeah, I, I, so I, heard, did, I saw I saw sorry Edwin to cut you up. I saw a report that they have legit seventeen of whatever how many first team players started the season. They only have seventeen currently, 
everyone else is pretty much going to be a youth player that fills in the rest. Ah, it's crazy. I don't know what Mikel thought this transfer window. They they were trying to get people in. They got to but... pay all the bonuses that the Rams went to the Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> they swore Thank they were you. getting Vlahovic, bro. Yo, that's hilarious. Who, all right, so who do you who do you think is the missing link then for Arsenal in, in, in the attack? Everything. Like just just get a new team. Just just sell the team, bro. Just 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 just, just get relegated. Start over. Lou. All right, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so for the actual actual objectivity. Um no, I think objectivity need, with Arsenal. I'm sorry. They're gonna need a striker now, obviously. Like I said, well, yeah, but and, who do you think fits the bill perfectly? Who fits the bill perfectly for Arsenal? Like, if you could choose someone who you think would be a great addition to the team as a striker, who? who Obama Young. I think maybe Jonathan David from Lille. I think he would be a good pickup for them. I think he's doing pretty well this season. I think he probably fits the mold the best. So that's my choice. And they're probably going to need to get um, some midfield depth back in too. Ain't no party. Partey needs a partner. Jacques is too much of a hothead. Lakanga is not ready. So they're going to need someone to get in there. Who that is, I don't know. Aaron Ramsey signed for, for fucking Rangers. I think he should. Oh, my God. It would have been lovely to see him back at Arsenal. Yeah, I don't know. Bring Jack Wilshere back. He's training with the team. He needs some first-team football lads. He needs that guy, it. That guy sucks. Oh, no. Jack Wilshere did not suck, bro. He's finished, bro. No, but I don't know who that, who that midfielder could be, who could step in, who they should have even gone for. Um, I think that's something they're going to leave for for the summer window, I guess, because if anything, this was the time to do it. You know, they got to make a push. And now that they lost Aubameyang, who's going to his new club, Barcelona. And at Barcelona, there were some transfer troubles, too. We talked about Usman Dembele last episode. John Laporta pretty much told him that he had to find a club. And he's still there. He's stuck in Barcelona. I think his contract runs out. Does he run out this year or next year? The reset? It, run, it runs year. out this year in June. Yeah, in June. It runs out in June. So he's going to fight for a spot. We're going to see how that new attack comes out with Lacazette. They weren't able – I mean, to it, Aubameyang, they weren't able to get Alvaro Morata. He ended up staying put at Juventus. So was this Aubameyang move a panic buy? Does he, does he not trust Memphis Depay and, and Dembele? All right, I guess they're, you know, assuming Ansu Fati is going to be hurt for a while. So they're, well, they're going to need the depth. Yeah, I mentioned it before that Xavi uh, doesn't like the pie. He doesn't think he works in the system. And clearly you've been seeing that because he's been starting Luke de Jong. And from my understanding, Luke de Jong is probably a poor man's version of Odio Nigalo, the legend. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, What's it called? So, yeah, they kind of needed options. I think Oba go- going in there, I think, is a good move. I believe it's only an 18-month deal. I just think uh, Obama Young needed the, like, the a new scene. And for Barca, they got to push for top four. They're right there. They're right there. And they still got they still could want to win, win the Europa League. Bro, I'm so confused as to how Barca two years ago had just one number 10 to now having 10 different like forward options that they could choose from. And it's just like most of them, you could even debate that they're not even Barcelona quality players. But like 
I don't understand. I don't get the whole Obama Yang to Barcelona. Like, is Obama Yang a Barca player? Yes. Let's hear, Mr. Barcelona. Is he a Barca player? Oh, probably not. In his prime, he was not anymore. He's just past his prime, but bro, he's better than Luke the Young. Bro, he has. He's been freaking suspended from Arsenal numerous occasions for disciplinary uh-huh. actions, and then at Afcon this this year. He got kicked out of the national team for also disciplinary reasons. Like, okay. what the hell? Like, does this guy take his career seriously? Like, what, what the fuck is going on? Like, what do we expect from him at Barcelona, honestly? Oh, I think he's going to be the top scorer. Really? Yes, 100%. It's not going to take much, but yeah. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. Hey, that's, he's still going to be top scorer. I don't know what to tell you. Top scorer is like, what, like six goals at this point or something? Uh, no, Me- Memphis is like eight. I, I don't eight. know if it's all comps or like La Liga, but he, he's got a bunch from the beginning of the season. But now he's not playing as much. I actually hope they play them together. That would be kind of interesting to see. Listen, at the same time, you got to think of Barca. Barca's really getting ready for Holland. I told you this a million times. I'm, I'm at a 50-50 right now. And now with the news that Mbappe officially signed the contract with Madrid, Holland is definitely going to Barca. In my opinion, if he goes to Spain, no, he's not going to Madrid. Because of course, there's always competition from City. Chelsea Chelsea actually might be in play now, too. So, but regardless, it's a good move for Barca. Uh, do we find out if they got registered, though? The baby oil trial get registered? I feel like it's a big thing with them there. I think they need – well, now that they got Aubameyang, they needed to get rid of Dembele just to register Traore, but who knows now? I don't know. We'll, we'll, get, a, we'll get a tweet soon like, register. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the fuck, bro? How's that a thing? Maybe they'll tell PK to take another pay cut and they'll pay him. He, he's, he's, not paying, he's not getting paid anything. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. He donated all his salary. He's making a Euro match. Like – because I think he's a part of the, 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 the head of the directors. So he gets, like, stakeholder money, but he doesn't get any salary. Well, who knows when we'll see how Bumming and Trier actually play games. Um, they're going to need it with Ansu Fonti down. But it's been a good transfer deadline. A couple other clubs making some moves. Uh, Newcastle spent $113 million over the winter window. They're going to obviously going to try to make their push up. Biggest of that, uh, Chris Wood and Bruno Gumarish, whatever the hell his name is. We'll see how that ends up working out. Manchester United, Santi, no buys. No buys. Are you a serious club anymore? No. Okay. Uh, Man City, Edwin, no other buys beside Julian Alvarez and some other guy that we sent on loan. That what doesn't do you count. Think? That doesn't count, though, because we don't get him until fucking to the summer. So what do you think? I mean, I don't know. With the run that we've had, I mean, we, we're already a pretty stacked team. The only thing that I could think of in terms of what we need right now at the moment is probably a proper center forward. Um, and I feel like it's a shame that Ferran Torres wanted to leave. And I get it. You know, he wasn't getting the, the playing time that, that he wanted. But I think I think he had a bunch of potential to become like a proper center forward if, uh, if Pep Guardiola just gave him a little bit more attention which sucked. I'm not disappointed with our activity in the transfer market whatsoever. Um, other fan, I don't agree with anything you just said. I think we need a left back and that's about it. Okay. Well, what are, what are, what are our options that we got Joao and we got Zinchenko. Zinchenko's not an actual left back. Yeah, but he killed it. He kills it whenever he, we, we play him. There. Where's uh, Fabian Delph? Is he still playing? 
<laughs> Might have to go back for him. The streets will never forget that season. No, we need a left back. Um, I hope they address that in the summer. Because eventually Jalis is gonna take place for Walker. Now we don't have we don't have Walker for three Champions League games, which could be big. Wait, why? Uh, he got suspended for a red card he got versus Leipzig in the last game. Oh. Yeah, he made a bad tackle on Andre Silva. They gave him three matches, which I think is ridiculous. Maybe two would have been fine, but three-match ban. So we'll see how that ends up working out. But great deadline day. Lots of interesting transfers. We'll see how they play out and push these clubs for the rest of the season. And then next we have some trivia for you guys. Boom. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for trivia. As always, I'm your hostess with the mostest. Edwin here with our two contestants, Lewis and Santiago. Fellas, are you ready for some trivia today? Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So we got some transfer trivia for you guys today. In Whoa, light, didn't see that coming. In light of the transfer window closing. Wow, so smart of you. Anywho, <laughs> this might not be a trivia question that you will be expecting or even think. Okay. So well, I'm the, most expe- the most expensive transfers from the winter when the, the winter transfer window? No, guess again, <laughs> pussy boy. I, I will again be testing your memory. On some transfers that happened years ago, lad. Years ago. All right. So, today, the question is, who can name the most out of the top 10 most expensive transfers in the Premier League from the summer of 2014? Okay. All right. So, I have listed down the top 10 expensive summer transfer signings. From the summer of 2014. But remember, this is Premier League only. This isn't, we're not talking world football, all right? We're talking Premier League, yeah. all, right? all right? So, are you guys up for it? Not really, but. <laughs> all right. So, the score is tied three to three. Santi tied up the scoring in our last outing. Congratulations, Santi. He also went first in the last one. So this time, Lewis goes first for this round. All right. Same format as always. Back and forth. You guys have five seconds to answer. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Lewis? Yeah, what, what are you searching up, Lou? I'm not searching up anything. Okay, okay. Lewis, the floor is yours. Ready, set. Play ball. Mm. Five. Such Fabregas. Fabregas is correct. He is number six on the list for 30 mil from Barcelona. One nil. Luisito. Santi, your turn. Five. Angel Di Maria, 68 million from Real Madrid to Manchester United. You don't have to tell me the price tag. Also. (laughs) Also, the, the price tag was wrong, but the answer 
I know it was correct. Bayern. I, know, I remember exactly. How much? How much was it actually? Di Maria to Manchester United from Real Madrid for fifty nine point seven million. He's actually number one on the list. So the point okay. goes to Santi. One one. Lewis five. Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil is incorrect, my friend. He signed in. 2013, I believe. Yeah, in 2013 for Arsenal. Alexis Sanchez to, from Barcelona to Arsenal. Alexis Sanchez to Arsenal is correct. He is number three on the list. He signed to Arsenal for 33 million. Scores 2-1. Santi. Lewis, five. I'm done. I don't even know, bro. Four, <laughs> three. Uh, two, one. Uh, oh, damn. That's crazy. Santi, your turn. Five, early? Four. Yeah, you are. Three, Raheem Sterling? Two. Early. To City? Raheem Sterling, that is early, my friend. Early. Early. Yeah. Incorrect. Score is still 2-1, Santi. Lewis? Five. Four. Three. Two. Pedro. Pedro to Chelsea? Yeah. Incorrect, my friend. Hmm. Santi? Morgan Schneiderlin to United from Southampton. Incorrect, my friend. Lewis, five, four. Lukaku to Everton. Lukaku to Everton is correct, my friend. From Chelsea, he's number eight on the list for 28 million. Scores tied 2 2. Santi, my man. That's so hard. Five. Four, three. Diego three. Costa to Chelsea. Diego Costa to Chelsea from Atletico Madrid is correct. He's number five on the list. He signed for 32 million, scores 3-2. Santi. Lewis, your turn. Five, four. Wilfred Bonney. Wilfred Bonney is incorrect. Oh, a year early. Year early, yes. Um, Santi. Five, four, three, two, one. Under Shirley? No, that's wrong. Under Shirley? Incorrect. Yeah. Or, well, he's not on the list, at least. Yeah. Um, Lewis? Five, four. Fernando. Fernando to Man City? Yeah. Incorrect. Santi? I gotta lose that stuff, bro. What? <laughs> to Man City? Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Santi, your turn. Five, four. Human Son. Human Son is incorrect. To Tottenham. To Tottenham. Incorrect. Lewis. Five, four, three, two. Petr Cech. Petr Cech's Arsenal? Incorrect. <laughs> Santi. Mario Balotelli to Liverpool. Incorrect. Lewis. Five. Four. Three. Negredo. Negredo to Matt. You're a year early. I mean, a year late. A year late, my bad. Santi. Five. Four. Three. Two. Adam Lalana to Liverpool. Correct. Adam Lalana to Liverpool from Southampton. For how much? For 25 million. Jesus Christ. 10th or 9th? 
He's 10th. Okay. All right, Santi, you need one more point to score. Lewis, you need, no, I need two. two. I need one to assure a tie to the win. Oh, yeah, my bad. Come San, on, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw to Manchester United is correct. Let's go. He's number ninth on the list. He signed for 28 million. Most expensive teenager, baby. Score is now four to three. Santi, your turn. Five, four, three, two, one. Nathaniel Klein to Liverpool. Incorrect. Santi, five. I mean, ooh, my bad. Lewis, five, four, three, two. Christian Eriksen to Tottenham. Christian Eriksen to Tottenham is incorrect. Santi, five, four, three, two, one. So, man, back to Liverpool? No, I'm wrong. I'm way too early. Jesus Christ. Way too early. All right, so before before you guys go, I'll give you a hint. The remaining three players are from Manchester clubs. Lewis, your turn to tie it up. Five, four, three, two, one. Lampard. Oh, I know which one. Incorrect. Under Herrera to Man United. Under Herrera to Manchester United is correct. Santi, you're one point away from winning and taking the lead on Lewis and trivia. What what number was he? Seven? He was number seven on the list. So what number is on left? He was he was signed for 29 million. So second and fourth. Lewis, don't let us down, bro. Five, four, three, two, one. Mangala. Mangala to City is correct. Let's fucking go. I'll never forget you, Mangala. <laughs> I'll never forget you. <laughs> Word. Oh, uh, he had Diego Costa in his pocket. Thanks. I miss him, bro. Mangala to City is correct. He's number four on the list. He signed for 32 million. Oh my gosh, we are in sudden death here, Santi. Got about Big Keem. Are you kidding me, Santi? You need this point to win. Are you ready? Five, four. Jesus Navas. Jesus Navas to City is incorrect. Damn. Lewis to tie. Five, four, three. Memphis to pie. Memphis to pie to United is incorrect. I thought that was right. Santi, Damn. for the win, five, four, three. Dude, I don't two. know. No, no lead to the city. No, I'm a year no, early. early. Yeah. yeah. Two years early. All right. Lewis to tie, five, four, three, two, one. Oh, wait. I know. Uh, time's up, Lewis. Santi. Kevin De Bruyne to city. No, early. Yeah, you're early. Come on. All right. Final hint. The price tag of this last transfer is 37.5 million pounds. Fabian Delph. Incorrect. You're two years. No, a year early. Santi. Five. Four. You said 37? 37. Juan Mata to United? No, that's wrong. That is... Correct, Santi. 
knew it was right too. <laughs> <laughs> Santi wins. 37 and a half. That sounds right. There's no, we didn't pay that much for one month. Bro, he's been in the club wins. since then. Jeez, that was that long ago. Santi wins yeah. trivia for this round, and he also takes the lead in the series. The score is now four to three. Lewis, how are you feeling, bro? We'll be back. We'll be back. Last time out, you said that was Santi's last point. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a really good last point. That was a really good question, Edwin. That was good. That was good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for trivia. Santi on cloud nine, Lewis in the mud. But we'll be back for another edition in our next episode. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to my favorite segment, We the People. And today, we got to talk about first crisis here for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, our boys lost to Canada 2-0 uh, yesterday. Had a really very not convincing win against El Salvador on Thursday uh, by the limited score of one nothing. Big game on Wednesday against Honduras. There is actually a chance that they might not qualify again for the World Cup. So, fellas, should we panic? Should we be scared? Or how should we treat this game? I, for me, at least, before you guys answer, if we don't win this convincingly, this is a bad sign for us and for what we want to do and can do at the World Cup in November. Lewis? I think all the energy that you have been putting into USA making to the quarterfinals and this and that has to go to Canada. I'm looking at this team and this team is nice. This is a good squad. This is better than what I'm seeing from the U S and no, no, uh, what's it called? No Alfonso Davies because of the, uh, the Mario Carnitis that he has. Yeah. He's, they're missing their best player. And I don't know. It's like, we we came out, we had Pulisic, we had McKinney, we had Tyler Adams, we had Des. You know, what's our what's really our excuse? This this team, you know, I like the US's ch- the US's chances because they have Honduras, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica. I think those are those are winnable games, but they only beat, you know, they lost to Panama already. They they beat Costa Rica two to one. We know how things go with Mexico. I think the only sure win might be Honduras. They beat them 4-1 when they played in September. But when you look at to lose 2 to nothing to Canada, the, there's a gap. I think there's a gap now. Canada, they're undefeated in qualifying. They have the best defense in qualifying. They are four points ahead of the U.S. and Mexico in qualifying. It's it's looking slim. Not slim, but I'll say that there, there's a gap opening up in CONCACAF. So do you think – Sorry, he gone. But so you think that should we be worried? Because I'm looking at the games and I'm Mexico away, Costa Rica away, Panama home. There's a chance we could get only one point out of those nine. So let's just say hypothetically, hypothetically, we only win. We win Wednesday and then we get that one point. That's four points. Do you think that's enough to qualify? Edwin, what do you think? Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. I don't think it's enough because realistically speaking, 
the other teams, Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica, maybe even El Salvador. Oh, my God. Every team except for Honduras has a chance of qualifying if they win out the remaining four games. El Salvador, Jamaica need a lot of things to happen, but it's pretty much down to five. Canada with 22. U.S., Mexico tied at 18, like Lewis was saying. Panama at 17. And the really the big wild card now is Costa Rica at 13. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if – yes, okay. So if every every position up to fifth place has a chance of qualifying if they win out. And right. realistically speaking, I think considering the fact that the U.S. didn't have a, consi- uh, a convincing win against El Salvador on Thursday – I think they're going to struggle. I think this next game against Honduras is going to be extremely tough. The Hondurians love to play a rough physical game and they're going to they're going to bring it to the to the United States 100%. I don't think I have had great experience of playing with Hondurians um cuz I grew up with a bunch of them in my community and playing soccer with them. They, they do not like US soccer whatsoever. So I think anything that they could do to make sure that the U.S. does not make it, they will do. And it's going to be an intense game. Mexico is going to be extremely hard. They, I think the last outing between them, I think the U.S. got a little bit lucky, to be completely honest. Um, so I think that one's going to be hard, even harder than Honduras because Mexico's out for blood. And they definitely need to clinch second spot as well. Um, and then Costa Rica. I think has always given us a, a huge problem. So sorry, I'm just looking at the other games that other teams have. If pretty much we only get four points, right? And Panama and Mexico win out their home games. They're both they're both above the U.S. And Costa Rica would have to beat. So they they beat us at home. That could be doable. They have to beat El Salvador away. That is doable. The Salvador is not the strongest side. And they could beat Jamaica away. So it's a very – and that, that means that the ties them with us in points. That means both of us I have think, 22. I think you're asking a lot out of Costa Rica. I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm a they, little they, worried because – scored, They've scored we, seven goals in ten games. Costa listen, Rica. they've also only let up seven. Like, so like I understand – I, I, Yeah, I understand. Listen – I don't think so, but I'm just – this is, like, the first, like, fork in the road with Burrowhalter, in my opinion, where, like, oh, okay, well, maybe you're not as good as we thought we were. Like, Canada is legit, like you were saying, is very legit. Mexico is still Mexico. And Panama Panama's right behind us. So, okay, there we go. That's, then let's phrase it this way. Okay, maybe not a chance of not qualifying, but they can still get fourth place. No, yeah. They go to a playoff and not qualify. Yeah, that'd be bad. I mean, what do you? What that's, do you even? That's two straight World Cup, two, two straight times with no World Cup, man. With this Bro. golden generation in quotation, with, with our greatest player in Christian Pulisic. Yeah, amazing. Look, listen. Yeah. Uh, as much as it sucked back in. 2018 when when they didn't qualify for that world cup i think them not qualifying was a huge wake-up call that the u.s that u.s soccer needed to have um and honestly if they don't make this world cup 
I think that'll just kind of that'll just make the U.S. strong, the U.S. soccer realize furthermore that they have a lot of issues with their system, with their footballing system here in this country. And I think that they they might. But then if they don't make it, who is it on? Because they've made World Cups with shittier players, dude. Yeah, you're right. But times are different now. This is somebody's goat, not mine. There's somebody's goat on this team, and it's not mine. That's all I'm saying. Times are different now. All right, that's all I'm saying. And for me, this type of stuff is goes beyond football. It goes down to the grassroots level, and yes, it does get political as well. I don't want to get into that, but that's that's to blame. All of that. It's not just the coach. It's not just the players on the field. It's everything mixed up into what U.S. football in this country is. That's at fault if we don't make the World Cup this uh, for the this year. Okay, but so my counter argument is, we are not focusing on the development of the game here, a hundred percent. But we're also seeing a greater influx of players who have who are American abroad, mom yeah. or like a da- American dad that weren't born here and end up playing for this country, which is a great thing that they're able to do because for the most part, much of these players are not going to get into Germany or Netherlands, Italy. You know what I mean? Because it's tougher. It's a, it's, a, it's a bigger pool to, to compete against of, of players. So... Do you think that because we're getting foreigners, that is actually impacting the culture? See, now I'm just getting into like I, I don't I don't truly believe that, but because of how successful they were with the Gold Cup, but then you look up the Gold Cup roster, it's basically MLS players. Well, all right. So look at look like, at do you, do you, do, you, do you get them going though? Um, is it is it maybe there's a culture problem of why this team with so many superstars can't find a way to be successful and reach their potential, just like a cannon is doing clearly right now. Okay, well you could take a look at compare that to to England's golden generation of when Lampard, Gerrard, Ferdinand, and so on and so forth. And that's Rooney way were on different. The team. Yeah, but that's that, way different. Yeah, okay, but, but that's that, way different. That they team, never they always made a World Cup. All right, but that team didn't achieve the level that everyone expected them to achieve. Why? Why do you think that is? Hold on. Because they were enemies. They hated all English English media or world media thought. Because there's a different there's a big perception of what the English media thought of that team and what the world media thought of that team. In my opinion, you guys see it a lot in the print with the biases with British players when it comes to club football. It's very, it's very lenient of how they talk about their, their their own players. I mean, they always gloat them. They always put them in a pedestal. I don't blame them, but it's yeah, that's they, every country though, right? But I'm just, I'm saying, I feel like England does it the most because of how highlighted the league and the players are because of the popularity that they have. Right. No, does, I get, does that I make sense? You, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So, anyways, going back to the England thing, I think it's not a fair comparison because. I think the media put way too many, too, way too much expectation into that team. All and right, like well, Lewis said, they hated each other. So right. then I'm saying, maybe but they hate the each media, other. Is the media not putting too much, 
too much expectations on this team too. We have a bunch of players on the on this team. In the I'm US putting soccer. heavy expectations on this team. Exactly. I'm the media now. What's the, all right? So what's the difference in that difference in that sense then? The, the different expectations between what the U.S. are supposed to do at a World Cup and what that England team was supposed to do at a World Cup. That's right. also true. All right. So what are your expectations of this U.S.? I said I said quarterfinal because I think that the coach, for me, the previous process that was the missing piece because they went through. Jurgen Klinsmann, then they went Bruce Arena, and then clearly they never qualified. The coach was an issue, but also just getting the best out of the players. What I've seen from Berhalter, not the qualifying, but for the most part in Gold Cup and in CONCACAF uh, Nations League, he's gotten great performances from that team. And then maybe we're going to highlight Gold Cup, right? Like I said, a bunch of MLS players. But in the CONCACAF Nations League, he had everyone, and there was a dramatic game. They beat your goat Pulisic actually played well in that game too. They beat Mexico in the final. It was crazy. They were throwing bottles. They were throwing everything at him. Great game, great theater, intense the rivalry. It was amazing. And then to me, maybe I also think we have to change the if we beat Mexico, that's not that doesn't make us a good national team. Maybe we got to look at it. Mexico sucks too. Like if you see how they play, that's another underachieving country. But worse than us. So, I don't know. I I think when we look at, you know, we looked at the the the, the Nations League and the Gold Cup. You know, these are things we won before. Not the Nations League because it's new, but by Gold Cup, yes, yes. Gold Cup, we have done. We're it. accustomed we beat, to win it. Yeah, we won it. We beat in Mexico. You know, it's us in Mexico for that trophy most of the time, if not all the time. Yeah. In terms of you know our, our expectations for the World Cup, it really just depends on the group because if they get a group of like Germany, Brazil, like in, like in 2014, I know. Yeah, you know. like do I expect them to make it out of the group? No, probably not. But they, they did that up. one time, dude. But they did, they did, they did with uh Germany and Portugal and whatever. Yeah. But but if they if they don't make it, I'm not gonna hate them either out of the group. If they get right, I, I understand that point. But I, I may be looking at it. Maybe it's time to try to start changing that perception a little bit. Which they is... haven't done anything yet, though. This group doesn't, this, this group this doesn't have a lot of years together. Right, but what's the what perception? Time, but for me, is because of how well they more. played last summer. They played really well. It's for me one of the best summers the US has had since I believe previous to the 2010 World Cup. Remember we were high on them because in 20, 2009 they got to the Confederations Cup final. Mm-hmm. And they, also and they won the Gold Cup that team. That was a good team and I remember when they lost to Ghana it was such a disappointment. Yeah. Such a disappointment. Now if you look back at it maybe Ghana had the better team. And they're better suited because, of course, they're playing African soil. But at the same time, it was a wasted opportunity. So that's what I'm looking at, kind of like 2021 in the summer. Killed it at the Nations League and killed the Gold Cup. That's why I feel like we have the momentum. But then you get games like against El Salvador and against Canada. It's like, what the? where are we going? I think it, I think it does come down to the manager because Edwin talks about, you know, the culture and the system lower. Are these not probably the best players out on the pitch? All right, but yes, most of them have parents with European descent. Right. He and he makes a he makes a point of like maybe they're just not assimilating well to the rest of the group. I feel you like, know how like I feel like most of these guys have a lot of time together at this point. 
at least the nucleus of the team. Look, the case the case I'm trying to make in terms of what you're bringing up, Lewis, is the fact that all these players, they for the most part, most of them grew up pretty well privileged. In turn, they could afford to to play for MLS academies. They could afford to get great one on one training with top coaches. They could afford to go to combines, clinics, afford to go to college, get scouted, play travel soccer th- throughout their development. There's a lot of talent that isn't recognized and seen in this country because they don't have that. They don't have that privilege. They don't have the resources. They don't have the money to afford stuff like that. And that needs to change. I understand that. But when I'm looking at just this game right here, this 11, does changing the culture in a a pool of 300 million people, is that going to change the entire 11 and win this game? I'm not sure I understand the question, to be honest. Are the kids that are missing out right now, are they going to actually get discovered and make this team? So I think think the issue is if you look at the core in 2018, it was a lot of old players, Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, Tim Howe. I mean, I don't know if Tim Howe was still there, but uh, what's the bald guy name? Not Brad. Is it Brad Frito? No, not Brad Frito. Brad, Brad Guzan. So, like, it's a lot of old players, but, like, a more American-born. So, I think maybe I didn't see it because of how well the summer in 2021 is, but maybe an issue that we have to look into is what's the nucleus here? They're from a lot of different cultures. Like, Des is from the Netherlands. Like, he's not a man. He wasn't born here. Christian Pulisic grew up in fuck. Uh, didn't he grow up in China, in England? No. Pulisic he, didn't grow up in England. He no. he he did. He did. He traveled have, around to a bunch of like places, academies. He had trials and stuff, but in Europe, yeah, he's from Pennsylvania, but he had he was able. Gio to Reyna is from the UK. He was able to live in Europe. Gio Reyna grew up in the UK. Uh what's his face? Pepe is grew up. But like Mexican parents grew in Mexico all his life. And then it's like, I'm going to play for the U S I'm just saying there's just, maybe there's also like a culture clash that we just haven't really thought about. And maybe the coach, because he's very experienced with like MLS players. And that's why in the gold cup, it was so well. And it was just, he's just used to it. Maybe that's another reason that I didn't think that we had an issue about the coaches might maybe not be up. For this Pepe and then you're like wait what happened what about jordan klinsman right and i don't know dude it's just it's like a rabbit hole of like it's like a cycle of like are we ever gonna be like actually what we should be peppy grew up in texas by the way no i know but like it was like on the border <laughs> come on bro usa usa baby um no it's, it's a discussion to be had because you know edwin has his um I mean, you guys both played high school and travel and stuff, so you guys have your own ideas of that. My cousin, he plays uh, semi-professionally in Florida, so they all, everyone has their different ideologies of what the system is, but it's just a different culture. When we expect the United States for this World Cup, maybe that'll be a discussion that'll that'll be that'll be had, and maybe maybe missing the World Cup could be a good thing in the long run. Because maybe it'll change how we look at these things. Oh, we shouldn't miss the World Cup. We have such a good team. We shouldn't, but that might be that might be the catalyst movement 
Look, Edwin wants to be on this team. Edwin wants to be on this national team. That's his thing. <laughs> well, he's speaking to all the all the. He's, he's, he's going to choose U.S. Gonna... over Mexico. That's that's bold, Edwin. <laughs> I'm not Mexican. Edwin's speaking for all the half Dominican, half Salvadoran kids who didn't have the opportunity to play for these clubs. But speaking for all the underprivileged, it's a discussion to be had. All right, guys, that's all the time we got for this episode of the False Nine. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, as well as Anchor. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time. Peace out. Sayonara, bitches. Bye.